let me tell you two short stories about an experience I had this past fall. Some of you will remember that I, I went on vacation for a couple weeks and I had a chance to go and visit the Grand Canyon. And that was, you know, one of those once-in-a-lifetime kinds of experiences. Uh, I never thought I'd get there, and then I did, so it was great. And the, the first day that I got to the area, I, I realized that the town there is, is um, I forget what it was called specifically, but it was sort of light uh, sensitive in that they would reduce all their lights at night. It actually looked like the town was kind of shut down. But the reason for that was because they didn't want to pollute sort of the sky in the nighttime sky with the light from the village and from the town. So that was interesting, and it made me think, okay, well then, there must be something pretty spectacular to see here tonight. Now, I'd, I'd, I thought when I was going to see the Grand Canyon that it would be all about, you know, the canyon, the valleys, and all that. And, and certainly that was impressive. But I realized, oh, there's something else here. And I started to do a little research on my phone and, and figure out what's going on. And I realized, actually, this is a very common thing for people to go and, and see the Grand Canyon sky at night. You can't see the canyon anymore, but the sky is incredible. And it just so happened that that first night, there was very little moon visible. In fact, it said only 1% of the moon was visible, which meant that you could, you could see the sky even more clearly because it was that much more dark. And when I went out to the parking lot of the Grand Canyon, I had yet, not yet seen the Grand Canyon. I had, I had no idea what wonders awaited me the next day. And I looked up into the sky and saw more stars than I knew existed. And I saw for the first time ever with my own eye the Milky Way. The actual milky kind of look in the sky. It was incredible. I'd never, I never thought that I would see that with my own two eyes. And there, there it was. And what I realized in that moment that was there in the darkness, there was light I hadn't seen before. It was there all along, but I just hadn't noticed it. I hadn't seen it. Well, later on the trip, I had a chance to watch the sunrise. Now, the time zones were messing with me, so I was waking up before the sun. That doesn't happen on a regular basis here. And as I looked out across the, 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 the sort of desert landscape, and towards a mountain range on the horizon, I realized the sun had not yet come over the edge. And I watched the sun break over the ridge of the mountains. And what was amazing to me, is it was almost like I could see it moving, just very slowly, almost imperceptible, but I could see it moving slowly and the landscape becoming brighter and brighter and things changing. It was incredible to see it just burst onto the scene and create a new day. Those two experiences were awe-inspiring. And what was a, a wonderful moment for me to see and to experience, I think, is a great reminder for us of what we've been talking about here for the past month in the Advent season. We've been talking about how Advent and how and the anticipation of what uh, will happen in Jesus' coming is what Zacharias looked forward to, and what he proclaimed in that saying it was going to be like the dawning of a new day. That when Jesus comes, it would be like the sun rising with healing in its rays and its wings. And so we anticipate Christmas as the dawning of a new day, and Christ's birth is the beginning of something new and beautiful. And we've talked about how light and darkness can represent the sin, brokenness, but also life of the world. And Darkness can represent all the difficulties and all the pains and struggles here in our world. 
We each have our own experience of darkness, whether it's the loss or grief of a loved one or a relationship, or whether it's the pain of an illness or the suffering in our own bodies, the struggle of our workplaces or our careers, our families, our children. There's so many ways that we can experience darkness in our world, injustice, on and on the list goes. And what we may not recognize when we're in the dark is that there is light we can't see. And what we also might not recognize is that the coming of Jesus changes everything like the dawning of a new day. We may not see it right away. It may take time as it rises, but it will transform everything that it touches. Now, I want to go into just a, a couple verses that I shared on Christmas Eve, if you were here. John 1, 9, 12, and 14. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's the story of Jesus coming to the world that he created as the light of the world, as the source of life for the whole world. And it says this, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So the word became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Not only does he provide light for us when we turn to him, but he gives us the opportunity to be changed. He's not just changing the landscape, he's changing anyone who wants to take part in this new day that he's created. He gives us an opportunity to be children of light, like him. To be bearers of light who go out into the world and bring about that new dawning of a day in other people's lives as well. To reveal light and life where it seems dark for other people. To reveal that God's presence has been there all along and that God's transforming presence can make all the difference. When we seek him, we look to him and see him as the source of life for us. So I want to go now to the next slide here. And I want to just look at what Jesus said later. And I mentioned this again on Christmas Eve, John 12, 36. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. Jesus gives us that invitation. In the next slide. So I'll leave you with this question. Have you, and those were the words that we heard in the, this translation of the passage, have you believed, accepted, trusted Jesus? I know that for some people, Christmas is the only time of year that you come to church. If that's you, welcome. We're glad you're here. I know for others of us, it's the only time that we really think about the name of Jesus outside of church because we hear it played on radio stations and we hear it in the malls and wherever we go, we hear the music. We, thinking about Jesus in our everyday lives. And if that's the case, have you ever really considered who that baby was and what that baby came to do? He can seem so innocent, vulnerable, non-threatening there, lying in a manger. It's a comfortable story, one we're probably familiar with. It seems like a little toy that sometimes is set on a mantle and just there is this little porcelain doll or something. And we forget that this is actually an incredible story of the creator of the world being present in it. And that the purpose for which he came was to transform the darkness into light, to transform the pain and suffering and sin into life. And that Jesus' presence makes all the difference. Have you heard that story? Have you believed it, accepted it, trusted him? 
Now, all those words are getting at the same thing, but I, I want to just emphasize them in slightly different ways for the moment. Have you believed him? Have you acknowledged the truth of Jesus that you know? You may not know the whole story. You may be at the beginning of it. You may be well down the road, so you think. But have you actually believed it, acknowledged that, okay, I think this is true? One of the words in another translation is the word received. Have you accepted? Have you received Jesus? Have you started a new relationship with him? Not just, oh, well, you know, Jesus is off in a distance or off in Jerusalem or off in a manger, but actually maybe he's present with me now and he wants to have a relationship with me on a daily basis. Have you accepted him? Have you received him into relationship with you? And have you trusted? Have you, have you believed what he's said so much? Have you accepted him so fully in your life that you actually change what you do? You trust what he said so much that it changes the way that you live. It changes the way that you go about your daily life. Have you trusted him by changing your actions and what you do, the way you think, the way you are in the world? Have you believed Jesus? Have you accepted him in relationship? Have you trusted him in the way that you live day to day? And that might seem like a basic question, but it's kind of question one. And if you haven't really considered that, I just simply invite you to consider that today. You might not have the answer to that question yet, and that's okay. If you want to keep asking that question, keep trying to figure out the answer to it, we'd be happy to help you along that journey. I'd be happy to sit down with coffee and tea or hot chocolate or water, whatever the point is to meet and talk it over. So that's the beginning. That's Christmas Eve. And that's kind of where I left it hanging. But there's sort of the next part of that. What if the answer is yes? What if the answer is yes, you have believed, you have accepted, you have trusted? Well, I want to talk about that light now in a new way. I want to talk about the light that we experience with the dawning of Christmas, the dawning of the good news of Jesus. And so let's go to the next slide here. Let's talk about living light. Man, it's so bright in here today, you can't even see the slides. That's okay. I didn't spend time making them or anything. All right. Living light. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. What you can see right over here is going to be really important. Focus your eyes. See if you can try to figure out what that is. Okay. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 4 through 7. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Ooh. That's strong. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. God, who said, let there be light in the darkness. Here's a quote from the first page of the Bible. God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So what Paul, who's writing to the people in Corinth here, is saying is, okay, this light has come on the scene and it's changed everything. And he talks about that light being the good news. The good news that Jesus has defeated death and he's made it possible for us to live in a new way. That's, a, that's big news. That's a big story. That's a bold claim. It says, the people who have been blinded by the evil one, 
they aren't able to see the glorious light of the good news. So we can see that this light of the good news of Jesus, that Jesus has come to transform everything, make things new, make people whole, fix what's broken, that people can't see that that's coming from Jesus. That's like when we're out in the dark and we can't see the light that there is. It's always there, it's always present, but we may not recognize it. And yet the beauty and the goodness of that is always there for us. Jesus' light and life has always been available to us if we would seek it. It says they don't understand the message, but God, God gives us this light when we believe, when we accept, when we trust. He puts that light inside of us. It's not just something that it's a distance or we can sort of look at across you know, a desert plain and see crack over the mountains. That light now cracks open through our hearts and shines beautifully out through us. Have you ever, kids, have you ever taken a flashlight and stuck it in your mouth? Have you ever done that? Oh, come on, I'm not the only one. You know what that looks like when your cheeks are glowing red? You can see the light shining out? It's awesome. It's so cool. If you haven't done it, I highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Just don't put it too far in that you choke or swallow it or anything like that. We now have this light shining in us. This light is coming from the inside out. We ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. The, the treasure is the good news, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus has defeated death, made it possible for us to live in a new way and to transform the world back into something beautiful rather than something that's broken, rather than something that's unjust, rather than something that's painful for other people. That light can now be inside of us, changing us, transforming us, and making it possible for us to help bring light to the other dark corners of the world. But look at this. It says, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Now, if you can't see it, that's a clay jar. And back in those days, they didn't have Tupperware and Gladware and all those kinds of things. They didn't have Ziploc bags. So when you're wanting to store something, food or otherwise, or a drink, you put it into a jar, right? Well, there's two kinds of jars. If you've got a lot of money and it's a really special purpose, you're using metal, bronze, whatever, something like that to contain it. The everyday, average, normal person, though, uses the cheap stuff, the clay. Clay breaks easily, it's fragile, it's delicate, but it can be made very quickly. And so the everyday, average person is using a clay jar. Now, if Paul was writing this to the people in Corinth today, he would probably say, we have this great treasure in Tupperware. We have this great treasure in Ziploc bags. We have this treasure in Gladware. This is, we are basic, everyday, normal people. We're not fancy. We don't have to pretend we're something more than we're not. But what's incredible is about God wanting to put this incredible treasure inside of us. This light of life inside of us. I actually did this at Christmas for my daughter. The only thing she wanted was, like, to decorate her room. She had a bunch of things she wanted to buy. And I was like, I'm not buying any of those things. I'm going to get it wrong. Like, I'm, I can't decorate for a teenage girl. So what I decided to do was just give her money. But I didn't want to just put it in an envelope because then, you know, they see the envelope, but they already know what it is, right? They know that there's money in there if they're lucky. So what I decided to do was I tried to make it look a little more substantial. I thought, well, I'll put it in a gift bag. But then I thought, well, you know, she's going to pull the paper out. Maybe the money will go flying, and I'm not a rich man. I don't want to go digging through the trash to find those bills later. So I thought to myself, okay, well, to put it in the gift bag, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of those Gladware containers and put the money in that. 
So she'll feel there's something in it. She'll think it's a gift. But when she opens it, it's all right there. It's safe and sound. We have this great treasure in Gladware. We have this great treasure in earthen clay jars. And when Jesus does something in our life, when we know that Jesus has been welcomed into our hearts and into our lives and he's shaping and changing us, then even the everyday broken, silly little people, us, who are like clay jars, like gladware, like Ziploc bags, become something beautiful that shines out through us. And it changes and transforms everything. And God wants to use those simple things so that it's obvious that it's actually not us that are amazing. That what's really amazing is the goodness of Jesus. And when Jesus is present in our lives, and we recognize that, and we're yielded to him, we let him do his thing, it becomes this beautiful thing where people experience that too. We're not living for ourselves. We're not living selfishly. We're living with generosity and kindness. We're living with grace, giving to people who are in need, meeting the needs that are broken, bringing healing and encouragement wherever we can. And it becomes obvious that that's not found in us. We're not the hero of the story. But it's Jesus. So what's cool about Christmas is we get to see that the coming of Jesus is light for everyone in the world, but that we get to be part of bringing that light to all the dark corners. God puts that light inside of us, even though we're fragile, simple beings, normal, everyday people. We get to be part of this. And when we believe, when we accept, when we trust Jesus, it makes all the difference in the world because it changes us. And that's what we're getting at here. We have this light shining in our hearts, but we're just fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And so as we come into 2024 in this next year, let's not pretend we're more than we are. Let's just remember we're just everyday Ziploc, Gladware, Tupperware. I'm just trying to be generic here. We're just everyday items, everyday people. We don't pretend we're more than we are. We don't claim to have it all figured out. We don't try to be perfect. In fact, painfully human, I sometimes say. As a pastor, I don't try to stand on a pedestal. This is here just because I'm a little bit short and you need to be able to see me. It makes it easier. I'm just trying to be a real guy who's actually met Jesus and has found that the presence of Jesus' spirit in my life makes all the difference. I wouldn't be here if that wasn't true. I don't have any motivation to do this otherwise. And I know that many of you are here because you've experienced that reality too. So as we come into 2024, let's live out of that reality with humility and make the main character of the, of the story be the main character, Jesus. It's about him. He's the great treasure. What he's done for us is the great treasure that we have in us and that we can share with others. Because it's not like when you have a candy bar and you give part of it away, now I have less candy bar. No, it's more like a fire. When I light a fire somewhere else, it's just more and more fire. And when we share Jesus, we don't have less Jesus. We have more Jesus all around us. The light of Jesus just spreads and is shared all around the world. We had a picture of that on Christmas Eve, if you were here, where we took from the Christ candle the light and it spread throughout the room, just making it brighter and brighter in here. So we're just fragile clay jars. We're everyday, ordinary people, but God is doing something new in us. He's making it a new day. He's making a new day that we're part of and that we get to bring to other people as well. So folks, let's turn on the lights. 
Let's turn on the lights where, wherever we go. Let's bring the light and life of Jesus to every corner that we inhabit because he's here present amongst us. He's in us when we believe, accept, and trust in him. It's a great gift. What a wonderful thing. Well, kids, I'm super, you guys did like an amazing job listening. Like, fantastic. It wasn't a, wasn't a good sermon. Like, okay, I'm just kidding. Let's pray, and then the worship team is going to come. Jesus, let's not let this season pass us by without acknowledging what it was really about. That you are not distant from your creation or your people. That you want to come close. You want to be in a relationship with us. You want to show us the truth. You want to show us the way. And you want to be so close to us that you're actually inside of us. And that light is something that we can't contain. We can't hold it in. Glows out from us through every little crack, through every little fissure in our lives, through every little broken place. That's where the light gets in and that's where the light gets out. To show people just the beauty of your goodness. So Jesus, as we come into 2024, may you shine all the more brightly on us and through us. May we live humbly, recognizing that you're the true source of the treasure, that you are the treasure, it's not us, that you're the main character. And if we haven't yet taken a step to trust you, to believe in you, to accept you as Lord, that we'd have the boldness and the courage to do that, to ask questions, to lean into that, to discover that even a simple, everyday clay jar like us can contain the greatest treasure of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.